Actually, it's funny. The last episode that I did the edit on, uh, we we must have really synced up because uh, honestly, I th- I think that they were perfect right off the bat when I pasted them in together. I expect to have nice. to do a little bit of clipping here and there to try and get things to sync up, but I, I think honestly, like I pasted them all in, and then all I did was just like I export that as a single audio file to then edit in the actual podcast edit and uh, it was so mm-hmm. easy man like it was crazy easy so i suspect this one will be very similar but this is alex austin with rona geek official podcast episode 86 and uh i think we have a special guest on today with us so not in a room with me today we have uh plebeian wife amanda Ooh, hi plebeian wife amanda how's it going it's going and we also have we got pl- uh, plebeian isolated adam <laughs> Is not only semi-isolated if she's in the building with you. That's true. We're, we're it's plebeian isolated wife Adam. They share the same germs, yeah. so technically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Rob, and just and Rob, Rob. <laughs> just Rob. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, today we got a little bit of a special topic, touching back on Animal Crossing, and we're, we felt so guilty collectively about my mistake. <laughs> recording the Animal Crossing bit from before that I totally bombed, uh, that we actually have a special Animal Crossing topic today that's been presented to us. Amanda knows a little bit about it, and I cannot wait to talk about it. Apparently, it's something to do with a black market that's running in the background on Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing (laughs) Uh, has created its entire own economy. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And I can't wait to hear more about it. And then uh, then today will be uh, replete with Animal Crossing, and then then just really... Like down and dirty, nasty, guilty Final Fantasy VII remake talk. Ew, we're gonna we're gonna get deep into it, and I can't wait. So Adams played it, so we so we uh, we have a bit more to talk about regarding that topic as a continuation of last week, and then uh, yeah, I think that's the day, and then some playing and watching. So all right, I guess we can kick it off with the uh, Animal Crossing topic though. So uh, this is news to me. I have not heard about this situation in Animal Crossing. Yes, this is regarding New Horizons. Oh yeah, let me tell you about how I'm a billionaire now. Oh, a billionaire! <laughs> and I swear this is not nice. a pyramid scheme, but I can I can tell this you how to make millions. Her life got flipped, turned upside down. Wait, is I she like is she gonna ask me to sell essential oils in Animal Crossing? <laughs> uh, maybe, but I, I mean. Snake oil is just one of the characters' uh, piss. It's just their piss because, you know, they're, they're not really snakes. They're like human snakes. You know, they just sort of like shed and like tiger, tiger musk. As long as uh, Tom Nook gets his cut, oh. he won't come after you and start uh, breaking kneecaps. <laughs> Listen, you should know where we stand on Tom Nook on this show. Tom Nook uh, can go fuck himself. He can go <laughs> fuck himself. So, yeah, there's a uh, an entire... Um, sub-economy that has been created through the new Animal Crossing game, and most of it has to do with selling turnips on the, what is lovingly called the stock market. S-T-A-L-K. So basically, every Sunday you can go find... I don't even know what her name is. Stupid little pig girl with turnip hat is all I know her as. And you can buy turnips from her for anywhere from, I think it's 80 to 110 bells per turnip and then basically throughout the week uh, you can go to Tom Nook's store and you, the price kind of fluctuates on a daily basis and you can sell it back to Tom Nook for whatever the daily price is I and mean, it actually changes twice a day so there's a morning price and oh. an afternoon price interesting but people have found out that you can go to other people's islands and sell your turnips on their what? island at their prices so 
it's basically kind of randomized based on some in-game algorithm, but if you only have a price for the day, say at like maybe 110 or like, you know, 150, you're really not making that much profit. But if you go to somebody's island that has a price of say 610 or what I sold them at last night, 589, you make a lot of freaking bells. What? Are you serious? I that's crazy. And as, as, as CJ calls it, uh, that stupid fishing beaver, you can make it ring. Oh. <laughs> so, oh but God. basically there's entire, like, discords, and there's a website called Turnip Exchange, where, I'm not even joking, you can put up a queue for your island for whatever price you sell your bells at, and you can charge people, like, an entrance price, which... Whoa. Weirdly enough, the new currency of the game has become the Nook, um, uh, the Nook, Nook miles. miles tickets. That's what they oh are. Oh my god! So yeah, basically, so 2000, they're two thousand bells a pop. Uh, they're not bells. Yeah, they are. So they're harder wow. to get than bells, and people like them because oh. they like going to the islands and they like getting the rare islands to get the uh, rare flowers or whatever else. So, like me personally, last night, you go to the website, and you actually sign up in a queue. They have, like, a queuing system on this website, and they'll let people in, like, two or three at a time. And I'm not even joking, people will hire their friends to be security guards on their website. So oh I've gone to islands. God. I've gone to islands where people have, like, their friends there, and they're actually dressed up like security guards, like, black suit... Where holding a baseball bat has the the big you know spy looking glasses this and they'll incredible. they'll body block you in front of the door to Nook's shop until you pay whatever fee it is to use their island and then they'll pick it up and move out of the way <laughs> so you pay, can go sell your pay, bells. You just mean throwing bells on the ground? <laughs> Absolutely, you throw them on the ground and they pick them up and That's they'll move amazing. out of the way and then you go into the shop do your business and then you leave. Oh my God! This is mind blowing to me that it's gone this far already. I mean, I guess, well, I guess the game has been out for a few weeks now, but oh my God! It like, is this is really huge. elaborate. Like people, people don't want real life money for it yet. I think they've kind of realized that no, like Nintendo will straight up ban you if you try to ask for real life money. But you can get anything from like Nook Miles tickets to rare furniture to DIYs. Like you can literally ask for anything. And as long as your bell uh, price is high enough for your turnips, you'll pretty there's a pretty good chance you're gonna get whatever you want. So you guys are basically like living out like Ozark season four in this game at this point. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, have you seen the show Ozark? It's all about this. It's all I, about this money laundering. <laughs> I have watched it, uh, kind of as. Uh, Adam has watched it, and honestly, it stresses me out to watch it. I, it, it, like, gives me anxiety, because every episode is just, it, it's spiraling out of control, and I just can't, I can't handle it. I don't know. <laughs> it's so true. No, that's just kind of what this, what this vig reminded me of. Honestly, I, I'm, I'm blown away by this. This is wild. And so obviously, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say, like, is there anybody out there who has, like, a huge accumulation of, like, you know, like Nook, like the Nook tickets, the the island travel tickets. Oh, absolutely. People, uh, the islands that I went to last night, they charged one island charged five Nook tickets to get in. The other Whoa. one charged ten, and ten tickets is is quite a steep price. Oh, that's but crazy. it was one of those things where the 
uh, islands that don't have a fee to get in, their queue is like 200 people long. Oh. And I was naive enough when I first started doing it to sit in one of those 200 people queues. And it takes a long time because, oh, you yeah. know, people have really bad internet connections. They're like running around doing stupid crap on people's islands. And it just, it's a really long process. And the person who created the queue for their island can just drop it at any point in time. If they get sick of doing it or, you know, somebody pisses them off, they can just drop it and they just get kicked out of the queue and that's it. you got to go find somewhere else to go. Wow. So it's oh kind of frustrating God. in that sense. But it's gotten to the point where people will actually make sectioned off areas using fencing so that people can't run around their island and, like, you know, trample their flowers or steal their flowers or cut down oh their trees God. or, like, do the, well, yeah. the shitty because things the that trolls, people can do. the trolls do. would be, they'd be out of control in there. Oh, absolutely. So I've gone to it where it's literally this, this like, uh, I don't know, corral fencing, I guess. Wow. And you feel like cattle sort of being, going down a cattle chute through somebody's island till you get to the point where their store is, and then you gotta, you know, make the payment and whatever, but, yeah, it's it's crazy, the things I've seen. This is so trippy. Like, I'm very impressed that uh, that it's gone this far. Like, I'm very, very impressed. This is, this is just absolutely wild, and, uh, of course, it's the Animal Crossing community. Like, that's incredible, man. Like, uh, honestly, I'm kind of mind-blown by it. Um, I think my favorite part is it's one of those things where it's like, oh, it's such a cute game. You just sit there and enjoy, do some tasks every day. No, this is the black market. We're going to do side deals with trench coats in alleyways. <laughs> and honestly, you- it's supposed to be this like super relaxing, low key, you know, sort of like a Zen garden if it was a game. And people have made it into like a job where they make a living, they do trading, and that's not even including the, um, uh, they call it Nookazon. So it's the Amazon (laughs) of Animal Crossing furniture that you can put up listings for stuff that you want to sell or stuff that you're looking for, and there's a whole, like, trading network that you can get into to basically get whatever furniture piece that you could possibly be looking for. Sounds more like a Kijiji or, uh, what's that one in the States? Uh, Craigslist? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's definitely like the Craigslist of, of Animal Crossing. Uh, as long as it's not like the Craigslist back pages. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you're getting a toaster or a hooker. <laughs> there, are, there is an entire market of XXX uh, Animal Crossing memorabilia. Because you what? can make. Seriously, they have tried to turn this game into like a weird <laughs> pseudo porn game. Oh and my god! They do it because you can um, you can make custom portraits in the game, which is right. basically just the pixel art. Yeah, but people have art. made like hentai and porno pixel art that people what? can hang on their walls. Oh my god, that's incredible! Like I I, I I'm so mind blown by all of this right now. This is so crazy. Oh my god! Can you like can you like barter for some of it? Like are people like oh can I can I have this thing? Like, I'll give you, like, a Triforce kind of thing? Is that what's happening as well? Oh, absolutely, yeah. You can barter with, uh, like, goods or DIY recipes or even, like, custom designs that you have. You can trade anything for anything as long as somebody's willing to buy it. Yeah, you could pretty much go hog wild. on. I'm just thinking, like, on an island with, like, the uh, the custom art. Because if you're making the custom art and you have, like, the, the, the pattern with, like, more pixelation, you can create, like, so many uh, different panels... And then you can just cover the entire ground throughout the island with these panels, right? So you could really make a scene of 
whatever you want. Like I've seen people recreate like, you know, Pokemon red and blue in there. So Kanto region from Pokemon. <laughs> I, I, I've seen people recreate, I think one of you guys might've even posted it, uh, like link to the past, the whole map from link to the past, uh, a bunch of stuff in there that people are completely recreating, just utilizing the, uh, the, the blocks in there. So there are the, the, the art blocks in there. So that's pretty interesting. Oh yeah. There's uh there's tons of stuff and people will actually set up, um, we'll call them like little art galleries because any custom design you can make you can actually display in your town on like an easel so what they'll do is they'll have people come to their island and they almost do like a weird like art show where people can walk through their little art gallery and you can bid on on people's like paintings or whatever the case is and it actually whoa. feels like an art show it's actually kind of neat whoa that is wild it's like a whole event going on that people just you just kind of you know leisurely stroll through it and oh, find art. Oh, that's so crazy! I I gotta go online and see some of this stuff on YouTube. This is wild. I had no idea. I had no idea that there was like a whole like underground hentai XXX market. Like I had no idea this was going on at Animal Crossing right now. Honestly, I've been disconnected because of Final Fantasy VII remake. I've been focused on that. But as soon as that's done, man, I'm hopping right back in because this sounds this sounds awesome. <laughs> I think it was my wife to find uh, Animal Crossing hentai. Well, you know. Oh, my God. I think it was just the the perfect storm of people are isolated in their houses and they have nothing to do. And this is kind of their outlet for creativity, for socializing, for making an income weirdly. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, Rob, Rob's laughing because he knows the same thing I do. It doesn't matter how busy human beings are. We are depraved, terrible, and always looking to make a buck. This would have happened whether or not we were isolated. Okay, I guess that's true. It might have taken a little bit longer, but... <laughs> I think the, the isolation, though, has just has just been, like, the catalyst that made this become, like, a bonfire. <laughs> like, <laughs> the fact that people have been effectively... Like shuttered away in their basement or whatever, wearing probably like yesterday's pajamas, <laughs> and they're just hunched over their switch, going, "All right, we're gonna make it big today. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna happen. I've got two of my friends hired and one on backup. I, I think the next make some bells. <laughs> the next logical step in this, based on that, Rob, is is full on turnip cartels. Like I think it's gonna happen. Man. Oh, absolutely. So. You have no idea. <laughs> You're gonna you're gonna know who holds the power, who pulls the turnips in this town. You're gonna know. You come onto my island and you try and buy your sell your turnips here. Who do you think you're talking to, huh? You you're trying to you're trying to trade a, a blue dresser for my turnips, bitch? No, it's not gonna happen. Like it's gonna be it's gonna be like a total shakedown situation. I love it. This oh is the God. Don, Don Nucleone, okay? <laughs> Who do you think you're talking to? Man. Oh, my God. They, they lead you down a path with, like, a, it, it, there's a tree with a beehive at the end, and they just shake it down on you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> they just drop a scorpion in there, or what's it, a spider? <laughs> yeah. Oh, tarantula. <laughs> oh, okay. It's the hardest boss in any game I've ever played. Oh my god, I have, I have died to so many tarantulas. There's so much tarantula venom running through my character's blood that I don't actually know how they're existing right now. Well, if they start swinging around on webs, let me know. I want to I get the exactly. spider yeah. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I, I made a meme with a bunch of uh, um, Dark Souls and Bloodborne bosses. It said hardest bosses of all time, and it was all like Bloodborne and Dark Souls bosses. And then it was an Animal Crossing tarantula down in the bottom <laughs> corner. <laughs> that's great. Oh my god, dude, that's incredible. Honestly, like I'm I'm blown away, and and I'm so excited to hear about this darker side of Animal Crossing. Uh, I I think there's I think there's more to this, and I think uh, we got to get an update sometime in the future about how much deeper it's gone. Uh, because as far as I can tell, this isolation situation is going to go on for a while longer. Yeah, and uh, and it's it's only going to go crazy no, from here. No, you don't say. <laughs> well, I sit here with my tinfoil hat. What do you mean? I'm not crazy. It's not crazy. We're fine. As uh, crazy as things often do in the gaming world. So anyway, I appreciate you coming on with that bit. That was incredible. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, did it's you want to stay been on an for adventure? Final... That's for sure. Oh hell yeah, man! Did you want to stay on for Final Fantasy VII? Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay, cool, cool. So you can hear all about it. Adam's going to spoil a little bit, and I've, I've played. The original game, many times, many, many times. I'm guessing like a dozen times, end-to-end, 100%. I've gone through that game, so I'm very familiar with it. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I know how this one ends. I've seen the final cinematics of it, even though I'm only just past the halfway point for myself. And uh, and honestly, like we talked about it a bit last week, and Adam, now this week we can get your opinion on it. But my opinion last week was, man, this, this game is unbelievable like i'm blown away uh I, I think they just did such an incredible job updating it bringing it into the modern era making it the game uh, i guess it could have been the whole time narratively uh from a narrative standpoint because there was a lot of things that they've touched on that just were not in the original like this whole side mission thing with with jesse biggs and wedge like that just didn't happen in the original like they've really taken these characters and fleshed them out and made them interesting and, uh, and honestly, I, I just couldn't be more blown away with it. I, I think, I just think it's absolutely a fantastic swan song, uh, for the, for the, for the PS4, if not, if not the last one. So obviously cyberpunk might be that game, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Adam, what, what are you thinking then? Are you on, are you playing on normal difficulty? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm just playing on normal. Okay. So I actually moved away from normal difficulty at about the point in the game in which you are. Wait, is normal the easiest? No. Oh, okay. I'm playing on the easiest difficulty. Oh, okay. Because there's, there's, I thought that was uh, classic, which is like it auto. It's it's easy auto, and then there's easy, and then normal, and then hard. Oh, okay. No, I, I started on the easiest. I started on whichever one it says like uh, you choose this mode to enjoy the story. But uh, yeah, that's e- easy. Yeah, but even some battles in that I find somewhat challenging. Okay, so yeah, I I changed it to easy at around the point in which you are in the game. So there's a bunch of different things to take into account, and I'm not going to go into spoilers yet. So I'll give you, you know, this is the more review side of it, which is, on one hand, I had a really hard time with the combat at the start. You sort of had to learn this isn't a button masher. This is a, this is more like Kingdom Hearts. You're not just supposed to button mash. You're supposed to swing every once in a while and choose your swings properly and dodge. Yeah, it was like Kingdom Hearts crossed with like Final Fantasy 15. It was very, very akin to Final Fantasy 15. Okay, see, I never played 15, so... But yeah, it's it's not a button masher. It's no Devil May Cry. Right. Um, I mean, Devil May Cry is not really a button masher either for the people who play it on the extreme levels, but it, well, it, whatever. It would be for me. <laughs> it would be for me. <laughs> so it is for me too. So uh, anyway, the it's not that. You kind of have to learn to work around that. And once you get past that, it takes a little bit, but once you get past that, it clicks. You go, okay, everything's going fine. When things clicked for me was when I first met Aerith. Okay, after that, by the time I got to there and I fought um, Reno, 
yeah. I, I went, oh, I understand this. I started using block more. Yes. And um, instead of using the the Punisher mode for just damage, I started using it to counterattack and stuff right. like that. And that's when things kicked in. I'm like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> right. Um, so that worked out really well. Mechanically, it was fine until I got to about the point in which you are. I got into fight after fight after fight where, A, I was fighting flying people. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate flying units. <laughs> the flying enemies are terrible. Because basically, okay, if you're Barrett, fine. You don't care. Flying or not flying, it doesn't matter. But Barrett sucks anyway. So, okay, <laughs> fine. If you're anyone else, or maybe Aerith. Aerith is fine because she usually casts spells. She's usually right. Yeah, spells. that's yeah. she's kind of ranged. Yeah, anyone else, it sucks for. Because what happens is you're like, okay, I'm going to play as... You know, cloud, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Usually, you let Barrett do his thing, and you fight off someone else because they all suck anyway. Right. So, Cloud's usually just sitting there, and you you jump up, swing three times, and then fall back down to the ground. Yeah. And you're like, uh, so you can't build up an ATB, and right. even if you do build up the ATB, you can't utilize those abilities because they can't hit air. <laughs> right. So air basically says, okay, you know these like if you have a party, which ninety percent of this game your party is Tifa, Barrett, and Cloud. So if there's a fight where there's a lot of flying units, which there is fairly often at this point, you basically might as well ignore Tifa and Cloud. They don't exist. Just use Barrett, And you go, okay, well, then why the fuck do I have a party? Fuck off. <laughs> uh, and the whole, like, switching characters to use all their abilities goes away. And it's like, ah, this is not fun. Now it's just trudgery. I'm trudging through this. It's like, yeah. God fucking damn it. Um, and then there's a few enemies that whenever you stagger them... They put out, like, an anti-grav aura that pushes you away from them. And so I'm like, okay, so then why am I... I don't want to stagger them, then. Stop staggering them. I don't want to stagger them. (laughs) It would only be for... uh, Yeah, the stagger, in that case, would only be for enemies who you know the weakness of. So say you stagger an enemy, and maybe their weakness is thunder, and you have thunder equipped as one of your magics. So then you cast thunder while they're staggered, and it'll do, like, you know, like 1.5 or 1.8 times damage because they're staggered. Exactly. Like, that'd be the only reason why. Except you're with Barrett, Tifa, and Cloud, who all suck at magic. I mean, they can, you can make them work, but like I said, you can make them work. They're yeah, not yeah. good at it. <laughs> um, so, okay, fine. That, Amanda knows. I, I was, earlier today, I was pissed. I was livid. I, <laughs> to be clear, for the listeners, I finished it right before I finished. The credits might still be running right now. <laughs> I don't know, Amanda, look at my computer. Is the credits still running? No, they're done. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> so, okay, I was ready to throw down there, but I switched it to easy mode, and then the combat stopped being a thing, and I, I continued with the story. The story is fantastic. Um, yeah. They make you care about the characters. For those who play the game, bad things happen to some of those characters, and it's, yep. I think that those bad things happening have more weight than they ever could have before. Yeah, it definitely feels earned uh, in, in, in this scenario because uh, I, I haven't gotten quite to that point yet, but I can already tell, like, man, like, they've really taken their time to give you a window in on each one of these characters' personalities and their backgrounds, and and, and you, you really see them as people in the game, right? Like, real characters. Yeah. And uh, and I can tell it's going to feel a little bit more earned when stuff starts going down pretty soon here for me. And, uh, oh, you're going, up the ta- you're going up the tower for the plate. Yes. Yeah. The plate oh, okay. situation. Yeah. And I know exactly what's going to happen. So just based on having played the original, uh, or at least some approximation of what's going to happen and it's not good. <laughs> so <laughs> at least not for mid year. So if, if you're into yeah. like violence and stuff, it's going to be pretty sweet. <laughs> 
the cinematic that cinematic is pretty cool. It's pretty devastating. They do a good job afterwards of mm. making you go through the rubble, and there's some side missions where, hey, help this person out. This person's parents are dead. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they make you feel the. They try as their hardest to make you feel the weight of that event. Oh, that's cool. Useful. Oh, I can't wait for that part then. Yeah. Um, story wise, there there is one thing that's pretty interesting with regards to the whole story. And for those who have watched the demo, for those who I mean not the demo, for those who've watched five seconds in, um, there are visions of Sephiroth. They're just visions, and um, I, I I guess the director. He he originally was discussing that when he first made Final Fantasy because you're right they used they're the same people <laughs> yeah. who made the original yeah so, so Yo, yeah Yoshinori Kitase was the director uh, on the original and and he served as uh, head producer on this one and then yeah. uh, Tetsuya Nomura who was just the art director on the original so basically the guy who you know created all of the current characters that that we're working with in Final Fantasy VII uh, he he was responsible for a lot of the tone in the original game and he's gone on to do the Kingdom Hearts series, and now he's come back and he's doing this as the director. So he's almost like it's almost like they just stepped up in roles, so to speak. But yeah. it, it, it is the same crew, them and Nobuo Uematsu. Yeah, and you can tell that because the the guy not you, this is I get the feeling when I play this that this is what those people wanted the game to be, but they were limited by their time, right? And probably by their skills. Like, don't get me wrong, they've learned a lot of skills since then, and I think a lot of that plays into it. By the technology, too. I mean, PS1 was, uh, I I think they maxed out, you know, particularly in the battle sequences and and CG what could be done uh, at that time on the PS1 hardware. Oh, yeah. But the director was discussing how, in in the original Final Fantasy, they, they were inspired by the movie Jaws. They were discussing Sephiroth and treated him like Jaws, where he was this thing that would just stay off in the distance. His name would be mentioned here and there. Yeah. But, you know, it was like a... Dun-dun, dun-dun. You never saw it. <laughs> you never saw the shark. You just heard the name, heard the whispers. And in until eventually he is revealed later on, much like Jaws. In this one, he basically said, yeah, no, we didn't do that this time around. We understand that that's what we wanted to do in the original one, but everyone knows Sephiroth now. It's kind of like hiding Jaws in the second movie of Jaws. We all know what Jaws looks like. Yeah, we don't. You, you can't hide him from us. And so, I'm trying to think. Yeah. I'm trying to think. In the original game too, you really get a sense of Sephiroth early on. And I'm trying to think at which point in the game it happens. I'm pretty sure it happens while you're still in Midgar, but you have a flashback at one point where you're playing as a fully powered up Sephiroth. And, uh, and it's such a badass moment in the original because he's just, you're just ripping through enemies, man. Like, you're just <laughs> absolutely tearing through some ass in, in, in that sequence. And I just remember being so blown away by that. And eventually, if you play it long enough, you know, you level up and you get powerful and you're dishing out the same kind of hurt just with your main party. But, uh, but yeah, it's, they, they really do go to great lengths in, in both the original and this one to kind of give you that all-pervasive feeling that Sephiroth is just kind of everywhere. Like, he knows exactly what's going down. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, so I think that's, um, like I said, I, I think that's it for my reviews. I like it. I don't think it's a 10 out of 10 like some review sites have given it. I think the combat at higher difficulties other than easy is a bit trudgery uh, later on. I think uh, that I would imagine so, yeah. But once I switch it to easy, everything went smoothly after that. 
Yeah, it's funny because it's kind of a 10 out of 10 game for me on easy. Uh, but I suspect if I was to take the same battles and stretch them out to be like three times longer than they currently are, it would not be a 10 out of 10 for me because I, I would agree with you on, on the combat. The the mixing of ATB with actual button pressing combat where, you know, it's one move per one swing as an example, right? Uh, it, it's it, it's a definitely an interesting system, but it, it's almost so complicated that it holds itself back. And, and I could see if the battles, if the bosses had, say, you know, uh, if they were more adapter, had a lot more HP, like it, it'd be, it'd be pretty damn tough for me to get through that. So I, I do appreciate the easy mode on this one. Uh, but yeah, yeah man, that's all it did was it basically made me have to spend more money on potions yep. and spend more money in a boss fight. It didn't make the boss fight. I don't want to say more difficult. They made it more difficult because it was a bit more hectic, but it didn't feel more fun. Yeah, it's just longer and more costly for resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So that's that's that. Now, anything after that is, I think. Anything after is spoiler alert. Spoiler yeah, if alert! We wanna, if we really want to discuss what the fuck this game is about, like the de- the, the balls deep of this game. Ooh, I like this. <laughs> I'm going to go balls deep in seven. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Robert, you, I know you haven't because I know I've still... Well, okay. I should preface this all with uh, I want to thank Rob for donating his. There is a trade off where I bought the game for him and he let me have the PlayStation first to play. Round of applause! What a what a guy! What a guy! Honestly, just what what a great deal. What you don't know is when I went to go pick it up, Rob basically he like opened up his front door, had a, like a napkin in his hand with a paper plastic with like a, or a, a plastic bag, kind of just opened up the door barely, looked at me put it on the chair on the front porch <laughs> and then just sort of had like a napkin and just sort of hit it and went, okay, okay, bye dude. And actually, closed the door. It was, it like was even better. Actually, leper. that was not a napkin. That was a, um, Lysol wipe. And I had the wiped, I had wiped down the entire PlayStation <laughs> because I'm not an asshole, uh, like controller cords and oh all. And God. then I actually did never touch the bag. I actually picked it up with the Lysol wipe and then put it on my porch. But no, I picked up with a clean, with a clean Lysol wow. wipe. I'm not a savage. Um, and then put it on the porch. <laughs> and then and I just, just kind of eyeballed at him. Wow, I just eyeballed man. at him. And then like, I was like, here you go. <laughs> it's kind of like a weird <laughs> drug trade. It was. Oh I never had a time where I go over to a friend's place to pick up something like, and I don't sit down and yeah. talk with them for a bit. <laughs> It's just so weird. It's also awkward. It was hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that aside, the the drug deal aside. Would you like some Final Fantasy seventh version? (laughs) Man, that totally does sound like a drug. This shit is so pure. You you see the res on this shit, man. You're not gonna believe the other shit's gonna seem like full res polygon garbage. You ain't never seen FF7R like this, baby. Uh, it's the good shit. shit. Don't stop, man. It don't stop. It just keeps playing. Actually, I actually had that question. Is there a mode in the game that is not real-time in the sense of, like, can you play it like the old style? No. Uh, well, I think it's it's deceiving because, yeah, I mean, on some level, I mean, you could play the whole game like that. It, it's just, it's tricky because the main thing that holds it back from being that is that the battle arena, the, the so when you're in a battle, you can kind of move around all over the place. Like you're not, you're not in like a set yeah. area. So it's, it, you could almost do this though. Cause when you, when you go to select, say like a magic attack or like a, like an ability, it, it basically slows the battle down to like one twentieth mm-hmm. speed. 
So like you can see like a lot of effects sort of flying around you and like not quite black and white, but like, you know, dim down colors. You choose down like Which your next sometimes attack. Sometimes those effects and those stills are amazing. Oh, sure. oh, it's incredible. Like and it just it really adds to the sort of visceral nature of the battles. Like, man, you like when you're when you're cloud specifically and you're ripping into somebody, like you freaking feel it, man. Like it's it's pretty intense. Like I'm very yeah. impressed with how they did I'm, that. Combat. I'm interested to try it because I'm actually more of a fan of like relax on my couch and play like a turn-based tactical game. The closest yeah. thing they have to that, Rob, is what they have called classic mode, which is the whole... So there's kind of two mechanics in one. There's the button mashing and dodging slash guarding mechanic. Yeah. So it's like the classic mm-hmm. action mechanic, which is you sit there, you swing your sword, you dodge out of the way, or you guard. Classic. You just choose those three, and you've played action games, yeah. so sometimes you have to dodge out of abilities. Yeah, sometimes you have to guard against it, blah, 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 blah. But what, effectively what that does is it speeds up the generation of your mm. ATB gauges. So classic ATB mm-hmm. like any other turn-based. And what happens is once you have them charged up, you have different abilities that will use up one or two or three of those sections, right. those charges. And those are your really strong abilities. So in the classic mode, those that first section, the guarding, the dodging, and the attacking is automatically handled. All you have to do is take care of what you do with your ATB gauge. Okay. So it kind of mimics that, but I've never actually played it myself, so I don't know exactly how well it does. I just did it on easy. So there, yeah. So I'm not sure exactly how it plays out, but that is, if you read the text and what it says it does, that's what it says it does. Okay, quick question then. Um, That that sounds pretty much like that answers that question more or less, but um, classic mode is not a difficulty, right? It's a mode. Uh, sadly, it is technically both a difficulty and a mode. If you choose classic, it also assumes oh, easy mode. that's unfortunate. So, you, yeah, you cannot do anything but easy mode. Huh. Yeah, yeah. that'd be interesting if it was uh, still an option. It'd be nice. Classic. Maybe, maybe they'll patch that huh? in. Either way. W- Would have been interesting. Yeah. Maybe. Um, so, spoiler, 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 this is the big part. Yeah, no, this, this, is, this is not Final Fantasy anymore. Yeah, man. What it's, you, uh, well, what I mean, you think it's, you it's know, really, you don't know. It's really what it should be at this point, though. Well, it's kind of interesting. So I learned some things about... Fi- I never played the original Final Fantasy, to be fair. I was more of a Nintendo mm-hmm. guy at that time. Um, and I jumped straight to PlayStation 2. So, But I never really played Final Fantasy. And so there's this whole thing where at the end of Final Fantasy, the Earth is actually dead. Like, the Earth is destroyed, and I'm not just saying that because I'm saying that. According to the directors, they're like, yeah, no, the world basically died at the end of it. Oh, like Gaia? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 like, and all life on Earth, too. Oh, interesting. It came to an end. Now, you're like, okay, well, that. what about Advent Children and all that stuff? Well, let's talk about <laughs> timelines. <laughs> no, yeah, because that's problematic, because at the very end of Seven, the original... Like there's a mm-hmm. scene that takes place like seven years after the events of the original game, and it's yeah. it's it's Red Thirteen like running with his own little pups. Yep. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what Red Thirteen is and, and all that fun jazz. Yeah. But to my understanding, the director said something about no, they actually intended the world died and maybe it was reborn or some shit like that. But huh, weird. Ultimately, at the end of this is what we're finding out. What there's some there's a lot of vagueness to it. Because I don't think they want to answer everything. And, you know, Final Fantasy is all oh, kind sure. of vague anyway. Um, it's, it's never the Final Fantasy, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's these, throughout the story, there's these 
ghosts, uh, whispers. We know we now know they're called whispers. Yeah, these ghosts that sort of come in and interfere. They just sort of fuck with shit. Sometimes it's for your benefit, and sometimes it's against you, and you're not quite understanding what's going on until you eventually do. They are arbiters of fate. They basically the planet itself, Gaia, has destiny. It, Destiny, timeline, this is what it has judged is going to be the way things are going to go. Genova says, fuck that shit. Yeah. Genova, the calamity, doesn't like Earth's plan. Right. So the whole time in the original Final Fantasy, Genova was already, it was basically Genova versus the planet. That's right. And we were all just caught in between. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Genova <laughs> was like really- uh, was like a extraterrestrial entity that, that ended up on the planet. Yeah. And that's pretty much this. If you could summarize Final Fantasy VII, it's the planet versus this alien entity, and we're just caught in the middle. <laughs> Seriously, that's it's what it comes down to. Boring yeah, alien true. invasion I've ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. And so, long long story short, is the planet has um, uh, it, it's it, it goes beyond time, so it it can manage time in this great plan, what they call destiny. The planet has a plan, which is what we call destiny. And um, basically, when you don't adhere to that plan, um, these whispers show up to course correct. And long story short is you're finding out that it's getting worse and worse and worse throughout the game. They're, they're not showing up more and more and more. It's just they're showing up over and over and over again until eventually you realize Sephiroth's actually here. The end of the fight, you do fight Sephiroth. Oh, sweet. Okay, so that's that's a little bit different. Um, yeah, yeah, he actually shows up, which yeah, is not normal. Yeah, so that's uh yeah, so the original ends with uh the last thing you do before leaving Midgar, you do the whole tower thing, so you ascend the tower, uh you battle I think I think Heidegger's up there. Uh I want to say Rufus, you have you you tangle with at one point. And then uh do they introduce Rufus even in this? Yeah, they introduce oh, Rufus. Okay, cool. Yeah, he's uh, dude, honestly one of my favorite characters in the game. Uh the original anyway. And, uh, yeah, cool. yeah you, you'll, you'll get why, like maybe as they go along, but a uh, really cool character. And then, um, yeah, I was even surprised to see like, um, uh, I've seen videos of, of Reeve in there as, um, Kate Seath or Kate Sheath or however you pronounce it, uh, in, in the game as well, uh, during cutscenes. So yeah. I, I was surprised to yeah. see that as well. But yeah, the, the original ends with one of the machine battles, like on, on the, on the road. Yep. And that's where this one so that's you do that, and then you immediately well basically there there it gets more and more and more, and the the world sort of segregates itself more and more, and there are slight differences the longer you go into the game until at literally at some point Sephiroth kills Barrett. Oh, dude, that's crazy! Don't get me wrong. Yeah, and, interesting. So things change. Yeah, and then at some point, basically, there's no you literally fight destiny itself. Oh, that's cool as hell. I mean, that's a great the, twist on it, I think. So because yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. The ending is basically, you know the story of Final Fantasy that you think you knew? Yeah. You don't anymore. And there's this whole spiel, spiel about, hey, you have now opened up f- true freedom. Freedom of the uh, the unknown freedom. Oh, dude. So so they might be setting up for just a completely different storyline at this point. Like, uh, yes. like one in which, who knows, maybe Aerith lives because Barrett was the sacrifice. Yeah, absolutely. No one Interesting. Knows. So it's not really a remake, potentially, and then. It is remake. They are remaking oh, it. Remaking okay, the that's universe. The, uh, 
I'm I'm good with that though, honestly. Like I'm good with that. Like I'm good with the narrative difference. Uh, look, w- when you get down to it, Barrett was never one of my mains anyway. Uh, I sorry fucking to hate say. Barrett. Barrett can die in a fire. <laughs> for me, for me, it was it was either uh, uh, Red Thirteen and Tifa or Red Thirteen and Vincent. Those are my mains. That's who I roll with. So as long as I get them. <laughs> I'm, I'm good to go, man. So if they, if they take yeah. away Tiff, I'll be a little bit bummed, but I'll just move on to Vincent then. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they it, it, they legitimately change the story um, and change the universe. You you literally fight the destiny that Gaia had for you, and you open up to creation. Long uh, the the belief is that. You know, Sephiroth dies and goes to the life stream, but he's so powerful and because he's tied with Genova, he doesn't actually lose himself, right? He well, stays himself in the His life whole plan in the original is to join the life stream. He wants yes. he wants to join it so he can control it, right? Like because he ends up holding up uh, and becoming like some crazy Genova infused like freakish squid monster at one point in the original like <laughs> up in the northern crater and then uh, and then and then he sort of takes the form at the end of like the one winged angel uh, that you yeah. might be familiar with so it's it's that's really cool man like they they could really dig deep on that because it's such a great theme and Sephiroth is such a great antagonist like he's one of my favorite oh, yeah. game antagonists of all time I just I think he's freaking brilliant and uh, I'm just I'm hoping to see some of the at least some of the locations from the original as they expand the world i think it'd be a shame yeah. not not to show you uh like a, at least close to beat for beat what kind of happens right after midgar because it's a really nice introduction into the open world after midgar in the original game like it, it opens up slowly uh and then and then once it opens up big it's just like boom you have everything you can go anywhere right and uh, it, it gets yep. really crazy from there so i hope they scale it like that in, in the next installment you know after the next you know decade or whenever they plan on bringing that out <laughs> And, uh, and uh, yeah, man, that's that's great news. I think it's good news, man. Loving it. Oh, yeah, they're, they're changing everything. Because you saw the last video with Mr. Z. There's the expectation that he might still be alive now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that'd be so trippy. That'd be so trippy. And, uh, you know, I think they kind of left it up. I don't know if you ever played Crisis Core back in the day yeah yeah they kind of left it up to interpretation at the end uh so in terms of his fate so they they could you know they, they could easily change it at this point obviously in the original final fantasy 7 uh it's 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 i don't know if it's ever stated it's assumed he's dead yeah i don't recall like, it was assumed he's dead yeah yeah and uh, because everything's just a flashback about him so it'll be yeah. interesting to see if uh, zach makes his big comeback in in the next installment maybe to replace yeah. barrett who knows yeah, and I think so. I think Sephiroth's still the final villain, but I think the idea is that he knows about his failure um, in the previous game, and because he joined the life stream, the life stream has this whole destiny, and time is not something that you know, time is not something that Gaia and the life stream cares about. Yeah, he is utilizing that to fuck with the timeline. He's well, he probably he probably wants to be destiny. killed. Then he probably wants to be killed so he can join the life stream. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He so, want, He's he's making his own destiny. That's that's. The oh, that'd be so sweet. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's shaping up, and I'm really glad that they didn't just go, "Hey, it's the same game, new graphics." No, they're like, "No, what you think you know, you no longer know." We saw an opportunity here to do things differently, and we're set this up so that we're allowed to do. Oh, that. but some of it, like, um, like. Uh, it is, and, and I'm thinking of the the introduction of Roche. He's another he's another soldier, so one of these super powered, 
you know, infantryman like Cloud. And uh, the first scene that they introduce him is is the first bike chase scene. And uh, it's an intense battle. Like, I was really impressed by that. And the character is really cool, too. He's one of these over-the-top like fully anime characters, right? And and I really enjoyed kind of kind of interacting with him for the portion that I did. And the battle with him on the bikes was so sweet. Like it was like road was rash, but like over the top anime Final Fantasy style. It was so sweet, man. And uh, and I think honestly they could keep leaning more into that. I I'd love it. More soldiers. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You actually fight more soldiers. You fight like third class and stuff like that. Hell yeah, man. That's what I want. <laughs> Oh, dude, so that's that's, so that's it for that's it for me. I, I think it's interesting. I I, I very much enjoy. I, I love the story. I the story is fantastic. I was frustrated at one or two or three parts, um, so I, I cannot give it a ten out of ten. But it's definitely somewhere in the eight out of ten. The story is what keeps you going. Well, I think we're going to have uh, a girl off. Like uh, we talked about, maybe discussing who we think would be the best match for Cloud. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a hard. I honestly, I had a hard time. I didn't. At least where I'm at in the game. <laughs> same, same as the last time. I. Oh, what's that? Yeah. Same as last time you said. Yeah, yeah. I still think it's Tifa. <laughs> honestly, I was more into that. Aerith was kind of a <laughs> girl, oh and that kind of annoyed me. She is annoying. But, oh, She's very annoying. Well. I, she, that grew on me because she was stronger than Tifa. There were many, many times where Tifa's like was going to cry about something or was going to, you know, basically was depressed. And Aerith was just like, "Oh, don't be like that." And Tifa uh, went, "Yeah, you're right." <laughs> yeah, as soon as Tifa has a range of emotion, oh my god, she's like the most complex female character in the game so far. Uh, because Jesse only has one mode, really. Aerith only has one yeah. mode, and it's like over the top. But Tifa does have like ups and downs, and and that's kind of what I true. like about the character. Like if if she didn't have ups and downs, she would just be those other two characters. Like they're so similar between Jesse and Aerith. That that is true. I I liked I liked Aerith's um, and for the same reason that I kind of like uh, what the fuck's her name from The Witcher, Yennefer. Yennefer. I like Yennefer because Yennefer can defeat Gerald. Uh, Gerald. Yeah. Gerald. Gerald. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry. Um, Gary. <laughs> Gary. She, she can. She just. She just knows how to not outthink him, but she knows him to his very core. And Aerith seems to have that same control over Cloud. That same. Um, I don't need to tell you. I don't need to ask you. I'm going to tell you. And not because she's being rude about it or because she's manipulating him, because she just knows. She knows him well enough that he'll just do it anyway. Well, hope you I, hope I, you like her well enough because she's probably gonna become like the incarnation of Sephiroth in the next in the next edition, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I saw Cloud in a frilly purple dress and all I know is he is a strong independent woman that doesn't need anybody else in his life. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> Don Corneo in his life. No. Oh my god, he he really rocked it, man. He rocked that dress. I, I, honestly, <laughs> I was so impressed by that scene because they even did like um, uh, like a like a like a female form fitting suit underneath the dress, so it looked like he had breasts and everything. Like it was, it, I was so impressed by that drag that they did for Cloud. Uh, See, I, I, I think you got a different dress than me because the one I got was really poofy and you couldn't tell shit. Well, no, th- this one was tight. It was tight around like the waist and the top, and then it, and yeah. then it poofed nope. out at the bottom. Nope, this one was poofy all the way. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. 
Interesting. Oh, maybe uh, I, I did all the mini games leading up to. Did you do like the? Um, I don't know. Did you? Did you do there, all of the squat? It depends games? on the. De- yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. It huh. depends on the decisions you make. You know, when you when you choose flipping the coin. Yeah. That seems to be a big part of it. When you choose the coin flip, you're actually deciding what dress you want. You just don't know it. Interesting. Uh, just like depending on the actions you take, you also decide during that same event, you that same time frame, you're also deciding Aerith dress. And then way earlier oh. in the game, you decide... Um, Tifa's. Tifa's. Yeah, because yeah, they're like, oh yeah, what what would look better on her... And I think I chose Sporty or something like that. Yeah, I chose Sporty as well. Yeah. See, so I'm not sure. I'm guessing you got the... Le- if, if you look at Discord, so there's like the blue corset, which is the one that I think is the be- looks the best on him. That's awesome. There's the uh, black and gray one, and then there's like the purple... Oh, shit. One, if you oh, yeah, I got, I got the first one. Yeah, see, that's the coolest looking one. I got the middle one. The silk monstrosity. Oh, dude, I had no idea it was that different. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. So... It's kind of cool. You get these little differences, but they're nothing major. They're just cosmetic differences, which is which is nice. Huh? That's uh, it's wild. Yeah. Oh. I, I the only I think the only character I truly despise is Barry. Yeah, he was. I. I it's interesting I, that they killed him off in this one because he'd be a tough character to sustain. That being said, in the original, he does have, in my opinion, like each character kind of has their own little offshoot of a side story in the original that you kind of follow through if you want to. Uh, actually, his is part of the main story. And um, he actually had the coolest side story in the original game. Like, it, it really genuinely is the coolest side story in the original. Like, as far as a character development story goes, the other ones are all good, but his was just, like, crazy good. Like, it was really, really good. And uh, so it'll be a shame to see either that not being in there or just being wholly different uh, once they get to that. But uh, I'll be curious to see how it's different. That's for sure. I just fucking hated him because every time we're like, okay, we're going to get into Shinra, we're going to do a thing, and we're going to get out. And he's just like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Okay. And then you get in there and some guy starts bad-mouthing Avalanche. And he's like, yeah, that Av- those Av- you just overhear him in the hallway. And the <laughs> Avalanche guys are like, yo, those Avalanche guys, they're fucking shit. And he's just like, what you talking about, yeah, 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 And he just goes up and starts doing shit. And you're like, we are trying to be stealthy, you son of a <laughs> fucking bitch, every single fucking time. Oh, he's the worst possible leader for Avalanche. He's got passion. I'll give him that. He's got the passion. He has the cause. It's just, he, uh, oh. he, he's he's very, very violent. <laughs> he's very prone he to violence. Me, he reminds me of uh, Robert Downey Jr. as the token black guy in <laughs> Tropic Thunder. He's just that, like, over-the-top... I'm going to do everything and say everything so you know I am the absolute token black character and you're going to just he's just obnoxious. Actually that you're right. And I mean there there was always gonna, there was always a conversation in the background around this game. What the hell are they going to do with Barrett? Because the original <laughs> leaned even more into this. The original oh, the, the original obviously doesn't have voiceover, but every time he opens his mouth, half of what he says is like uh just random characters because he's swearing. Right, because he swears so much <laughs> at the original, and uh, and and back then, because it, it was so cartoony and polygonal, it, it's it was fine. You know what I mean? It was it was easily consumable in that format. But that character in a more realistic format is definitely a little less palatable, uh, and and which is why I think he's been <laughs> at the point I'm at now missing for just so much of the game. Uh, I haven't used him in a while at this point, but uh, I suspect I'll be using him after the tower. So. Yeah, yeah, but so. yeah, I just I could live without him mechanically and personality wise. <laughs> yeah, well, you might get to. 
So that that's it, and, and that's also my playing and watching because honestly, it's really all I have done in the last thirty hours of my existence. Nice, nice. Well, we got we had a little bit of a flavor of Amanda's playing and watching earlier with Animal Crossing. Is there anything else though, Amanda? You've been up to over the last couple of weeks? Any games you've gotten into? Anything you want to you want to kind of give a shout out to? No, it's literally just been Animal Crossing. I mean, it's it's all consuming between selling turnips and trying to get furniture and whatever else. I haven't really played anything else. Yeah, I got to come visit your island, and see what you've been up to. Um, so we'll we'll have to connect on uh, the the friend code thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, and then uh, I guess for for I guess we can move on to Rob then. So Rob, you probably have a few things. You already said you've continued on a few things. Oh no. Um... Yeah, no, just uh, a little bit of this and that. Um, I haven't really gotten to play too much more with Adam um, in Warhammer, so there's not a lot to talk about there, sadly. Uh, I've been diving back into the Ozarks, though. So I'm nice. now making okay. through Season 2. <laughs> not far yet, nice. but I will let you guys yeah. know. Season 2 is rough. Season two is rough. I had to kind of trudge through it a bit, but season three okay. is totally pays off. Dude, season three is is the most incredible payoff for any show <laughs> that I could think of, other than maybe like Game of Thrones season three, <laughs> for obvious reasons. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll keep on that. Uh, I played some more GTFO. Have you guys, have I talked about that one yet? I have no. not okay, heard about so that. So you guys know about the game Payday, right? Yeah, the heist, heist, the heist game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people who made that, if I'm recalling correctly, if not, if I'm recalling incorrectly, then I'm gonna feel like an idiot. But made a GTFO, um, which is just you know get the fuck out. Uh, but <laughs> the whole could also be a good name yeah. for a podcast. <laughs> but uh, the whole purpose of the game is you're you're playing as a team of four, and at the very beginning of the game, you're up on the surface. Of I, I don't know if it's Earth or or what, um, but you come into these cryopods and they lock you into this like dead drop in like the center of a mine shaft with like your teammates and they drop you into this black abyss and you go plummeting and that's like the loading screen getting into the game <laughs> effectively like into into the actual Crazy. match and then once everyone's kind of loaded through that initial part you like come to a stop at whatever level you had selected for the mission so depending on how deep you go kind of thing and it's kind of like at first nothing's aware of you being on the level you're on and you have objectives so it's like recovering cargo or what have you depending on the layout of the mission and there's a bunch of creatures that are populated throughout your floor and a lot of them don't operate on sight they operate on sound and movement so the whole thing is that you have to try and kill them quietly and move through the level. Because if you fuck up at any point, if anybody in your team fucks up, they wake up and they scream and all the ones around them start to scream. And they all <laughs> cascade out and make, like, these, of these, like, oh, they're like, God. what they are is they're, like, people with a bunch of, like, growths and stuff on them. Like, it's, like, very demonic-y uh, infestation kind of looking like. That's and, uh, sweet. And it's oh, like the atmosphere of the game is so dark and grungy and it's like futuristic sci-fi underground like fuck you. It is so creepy. 
And then all of a sudden, if you're walking into a room and you're not like going carefully enough, like somebody's not using a motion detector and stuff like that, and you walk into one of these things and it freaks out, man, the things get <laughs> very difficult very fast. And even like you, when you start in the game, you don't have full ammo. You don't have like all the supplies you need to do this mission. You have to kind of like go through it manually and even when you get to a terminal to try and find the items you're looking for you have to physically type in okay query this item where is it and then like you try and figure out where you have to go to get to these items because there's an inventory system to find them but you there's no like quest marker it's not like hey go here no it's you you read it out to your teammates and you find these items <laughs> so wow, it, man. it is, oh it is a brutal game it is it is and, and they tell you, they're very straight up about it too. They're like, hey, look, this game is difficult. It's a very, very hard game. And I can tell you right now, I've only beaten maybe a, the mission successfully a couple times. It's a hard game. <laughs> Crazy. Um, huh. But it's a lot of fun. Is there, is is there like... to be solo no, with other players? No, it's four players. Or you're not going to make it through. Um, and and don't get me wrong, you could potentially do it with three really good players. But if you ever try to two per to okay. like do it with two people, you're not going to do it. Is there like a ranking or uh, competitive aspect to it? I don't think it? so. Um, I mean, I can see how people could be competitive, like by doing speed runs and stuff like that. But uh, no, it is a um, it is a teamwork game. That's cool. No, that's a really cool concept. I'm I'm, I'm definitely digging it. It all takes place in like a mine, like a futuristic kind of yeah. Um, it, it, okay. Like it honestly, it feels like it feels like you're in the world of Doom, but you're not the Doom guy. <laughs> you're just a yeah. regular guy <laughs> in the Doom world. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Like that's what it feels like. To be completely honest with you, Everything's yeah, actually scary. Like it's kind of neat too because everyone has oh, like on yeah. these like gas mask kind of things, respirators. Because I assume like it's some kind of airborne pathogen, but and, and that sounds neat until people start shining flashlights near you or blood gets on your face because you have a mask and it's a physical mask in the game. Blood will like collect on your mask. Uh, when people shine through it, it diffracts oh. and makes it hard to see. So it, it, there's some neat little things that they've done in the game. And it's a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, that's so insane. Man. That'd be, that'd be absolutely nerve wracking being in the game like yeah. that. Oh my God. It's cool though. Oh, that's incredible. That's cool. That's cool. So sweet. Anything uh, else? Yeah. I mean, I've been playing uh, a bit of Deep Sky Derelicts and Darkest Dungeon. They're effectively the same game. Um, Darkest Dungeon, the one mm. more popular, Deep Sky Derelicts, is a similar, lower budget version of Darkest Dungeon. Um, I don't. Yeah, is that PC, on PC? Yes, Are you yeah. playing on PC? Uh, okay. Outside of that, though. Um, I played a little bit of Dead by Daylight, which is a long time since I played that. That's the asymmetrical multiplayer game about surviving a yep. killer. Um, synthetic, top-down shooter. Like I said, a lot of these games I've just been playing for a long time now. The only one I guess that maybe I haven't probably talked about is Battlestar Galactica's Deadlock. And that one's a... Yeah, oh, interesting. Um, What's that? It's a strategy game, like a real pseudo-real-time strategy game. Uh... The game takes place in blocks of 30 seconds, and every 30 seconds the game pauses and you issue commands, and then you hit go, and then 30 seconds carries out, and you watch the fight kind of go out, and it's like a lot of starship, like capital class ships fighting. Oh, 
Okay. Kind of like if you queued up uh, uh, in Fire Emblem, if you queued everybody up in, in one round and just kind of yeah. watched them all go through their, their animations. Okay. I got you. Does your enemy do, yeah. do it at the same time? So you could shoot in a certain area. Um, if something's not guided, yeah. Potentially, I could see that happening. I haven't really dealt with it like that, but like you have to be oh. careful of things like movement because ships can crash into one another. If the enemy decides to go one way and you decide to go that oh. way too, you can have a collision, and that's a problem. <laughs> oh. So basically, you choose your actions, the enemy chooses their actions, you don't know what each other's actions are, yes. and then it yeah. plays all out. Uh, oh, and, that could be yeah, fun and, and chaotic and Let me double once. check here, but I'm pretty certain it's multiplayer. Yeah, yeah, online PvP and nice. online co-op. So you can actually play this game cooperative as well. Um, so even though I know you're not a huge fan of the Battlestar show, Adam, you might like the game. Um, okay. Yeah, that sounds I mean, pretty it's interesting. Essentially, whatever skins, sci-fi, space, strategy game. So. I... I personally wanted to be Star Trek and or um, Kingdom Hearts with my oh. gummy ships. See, I would like Star Wars. <laughs> gummy <laughs> ships, wanted... gummy ships for the win, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to do like gummy ships in, in interdimensional battle. That's that's the skin <laughs> I want to put on it. Little like colorful blocks that See, are just the problem shaped. is that I'm gonna I'm gonna ask oh, for the same God. thing, but in Star Wars, some jackass is gonna put a Lego Star Wars, and I'm gonna be like, I want everyone to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if they did it in like mega blocks that's like Wars, more painful Lego's at least got some fun with <laughs> like me mega blocks and suck a dick and, uh, Duplo Duplo Star Wars yeah Duplo Star Wars this is making me mad now <laughs> why did we invite her again <laughs> Because <laughs> she had something more interesting. Yeah, to talk or me about for that matter. But no, I mean, other than that, uh, RimWorld relatively recently, kinda ish, came out with new DLC called uh, Royalty. Uh, I've been trying that out a bit too. But shrug, and not, not a lot of exciting, riveting stories to tell, unfortunately. Um, as, as with everyone else, I'm shut in, and thus the stories do not proliferate. <laughs> <laughs> oh dude yeah i've um i i did something this week adam you'll be proud of me like i said you guys would be like proud parents i actually played some uh, uh D 5e on foundry uh which i was oh, pretty shit. excited about and i've never used foundry before so i got to see what that was all about as well i know we've uh, we've talked about it a bit on here like a long time ago kind of what it's all about and, and and the function of it but yeah basically i was playing custom built 5e campaign and uh and it was good it was good i enjoyed the map aspect of it i enjoyed being able to kind of move around on the map as much as i wanted um the the i, I like that the role of dungeon master is just, just to kind of keep people corralled to some extent yep. <laughs> so it gives people just sort of start I did it once or twice. Wrangler. Like, yeah, I kind of went wandering off once or twice to kind of, <laughs> kind of scope things out. Uh, so, so they're pretty, they're pretty good about you know dragging you back in or tossing you into a situation that will certainly kill you if you do something wrong. Uh, and uh, it was just, it was really cool, man. It was really cool. I was digging, I was digging the interface. 
Uh, we did it over over uh, Zoom chat or, or I don't know one of those. I think it was Zoom chat, and uh, so we were all dressed up and with backgrounds and stuff and having a good time with it. It was uh, it was just a really good time. So I, I think I've, I'll probably keep going with that one because it was people from work. So it was just kind of fun to to connect oh, okay. over something that's not work related for once, and then just kind of enjoy the goofiness of the situation. Um, of course, of course, I was playing. Uh, I, I made a bard <laughs> for this one. Oh, of <laughs> And I had podcasting bard. I had my guitar and I was like playing like uh I just learned the chords briefly for the the Witcher song from from the Witcher. Like oh God. toss a coin to something and I was just replacing the words with whatever and just having a blast <laughs> with it. Oh, <laughs> like one of the one of the one of the things like situations I got us into was we were supposed to be finding some some big goblin some king goblin or something and 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 we found a weaker one and then i used persuasion to convince him just to take us there i'm like oh let's just let's just skip a bunch of this and just have him take us straight there so he he says do you want to do you want to see like the biggerest the biggerest goblin i said yeah i want to see the biggerest goblin and uh, apparently there was also a biggestest goblin goblin. yeah yeah no there was also a biggestestest and and i didn't know that (laughs) Because I was speaking to a goblin, and uh, it ended up <laughs> it ended up taking us to like this group of hobgoblins that that could have absolutely murdered us. <laughs> so we're so we're thinking this is like who who we need to be talking to at first until we realize it wasn't, and then they actually just got bored with us and left. <laughs> so from a narrative standpoint, it kind of worked out for us because we were like singing and dancing songs in their honor, and they were just like, "Fuck this, I'm out." <laughs> It just walked away. <laughs> so we could have been so screwed, though. Anyway, it was a fun campaign. I highly recommend anybody who hasn't tried it yet, get a game going on Foundry. Have somebody who knows what they're doing uh, DM a session. Just something short, sweet. You can set it up any way you want to. You can import, you know, little little you know icons of character models and whatever you want to import. Like I, I, I asked uh, our DM to import some Orna character models for me, so I sent him some images <laughs> <laughs> so I could nice. be like an Orna character. And uh, it was just, it was really cool, man. Like I had a good time. It was chill and and i definitely want to play again so okay, yeah, so i got two things to say one i'm as proud of you as a as a parent is proud of a student getting into like in in canada i think this makes more sense into the applied maths classes Ooh. congratulations you, you you successfully got to the next grade but you're not in the academic classes <laughs> Because you said it was D and D five e, okay. So we're proud that you still exist. You haven't killed yourself. You haven't stuck your fork in a thing. But you know, you're not really doing the best of your ability. <laughs> and the we, fact that I chose a bard. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. So that's the first one. Second of all, uh, I think we're gonna we're about to have a um, a system beatdown. Know that I've never used Foundry, so I really have no ill intent towards it. Um, but we here are roll twenty crew. What the hell? Oh, yeah. I didn't know Roll that. Roll 20 is far superior. <laughs> I didn't well, we know don't know that. that. I've never used Foundry. <laughs> I, don't, I can't sit here and be like, Roll 20 is way better. For all I know, Foundry is one Adam. of the best things on this planet. It seemed, I, like, I don't know. it seemed like a really sort of open-ended platform. I mean, it's not like there was nothing like overly spectacular about it. It's just that all the functionality seemed to be there. Um, yeah, so that, that that was the nice thing. And also, if you're using like... The D and D character builder uh, can you can you import directly into the campaign in Foundry? Could you do also do that with the other one? Oh, absolutely! I think Roll Twenty is more of the premium version of Foundry, where oh. Roll Twenty has a lot of like built-in assets, and they have partnerships with Paizo and Wizards of the gotcha. Coast and whatnot. So there's a lot of um, pre-built, implemented stuff that you kind of have to pay for. 
but it's extensive. Like, you could get all the rule books, everything, and they have a lot of tokens already made. Whereas Foundry is a good, like, free um, yeah. program to use. And yeah. it's it's good for, like, hey, I just want to do, like, a, a pickup game. Or, you know, I just want to get some friends together and just do, like, a quick session or whatever. It's good for that. Um, but, yeah. They they both sure. have their benefits. Roll twenty is free too. <laughs> yeah, but the free options yeah, of roll twenty are didn't... kind of limited. You say limited, but I ran three campaigns on it. I guess that's fair. Hmm. hmm. Yeah, it didn't. I don't know if there was like pre-made assets within Foundry or not. Everything just seemed fairly basic on on our initial playthrough there. Uh, but it, you know, the 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 guy who ran it, the DM who ran it, was telling us that you know we could add in any assets we wanted to into it. So uh, yeah, we yeah, do was, that as well. We all have our own icons from our own art. We have our own everything. So yeah, we we've done our campaign. In fact, Amanda's DMing our campaign right now. I think we're about to do the last session next week. Um, nice for this for the story plot at least. Um, so that's that. Yeah, we've been doing more or less the same thing except for Pathfinder Two. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. No, it's been a good week. Uh, that's that's really all I was up to watching stuff. I've just been watching uh, whatever reality shows I could get a hold of and lots of Rick and Morty trying to catch <laughs> up on that still. Um, weird things are happening with, with shows, though, in the last week. TV kind of failed on a few different levels. Like, for one, um, there was uh, Amanda watches this show. It's one of the doctor shows, and I can't think of what it's called offhand here. But anyway, this week, Mister Doctor, yeah, Mister <laughs> Mister Generic Doctor guy, yes. And uh, basically, this week was supposed to be a storyline about an epidemic hitting a city and uh, hitting New York, and and they ended up like shying away from it. And it was weird because they still took the scenes of a guest spot from another actor and kind of spliced those scenes together as like sort of a pre-show, and then they just sort of moved on <laughs> to the next episode. And it was just like, well, like. Like, I get that, like, it might hit close to home for some people, but I just, I don't know that that was necessary. And I know Amanda was disappointed because she was like, well, she's like, you know, like, I've been watching the show since the beginning. Like, it just sucks that, like, they would kind of, you know, glaze over this and, and, you know, they might go back to it eventually, you know, and air the whole thing. worried about offending people. Yeah, but it's, it's just like, no, don't do that. And then there was another one. Oh, Big Brother. So Big Brother ended early. So obviously Big Brother Canada was running. It ended early due to the uh, due to it being a non-essential business. So that was shut down. And then there was another reality show snafu. And I'm trying to think of what it was. Oh, yeah. And then on we were watching The Masked Singer. I don't know if you ever saw that. Like, it's vaguely entertaining, but it is like... <laughs> Everyone's a, The Masked Singer now. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. It, but it's vaguely... <laughs> it, it's. It's like vaguely entertaining, but it's about like uh, celebrities who wear these really wild looking costumes and sing songs, but it's a competition show. Like they can get, they can get like unmasked by being voted off by the audience. Anyway, so we sat down, we're ready for an episode of, of, of this to distract us from everything that's going on in the world. And it turns out to be like this, like sing along episode. And like, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to sit here and enjoy watching these people in these stupid costumes like sing? No, I want to know who's getting unmasked. Like, that's the whole point, man. And I was just, I was so disappointed that like, that I'm like, you know what? Screw this. And then freaking American you're, Idol. Okay. You're and one then, of those guys that's going to go to the Roman Coliseum and they're like, today we're doing a boat show. Fuck that. I want to see blood. Absolutely I do. And then Put on a tiger a, in there. And then on American Idol, they've been two weeks now. They do this thing where, like, so they have the competition part, and they get, like, their top 20 or whatever, and it's it's a fun ride up until then, because you get to see people, like, get eliminated and whatever, and it's a good time. But then they get to this point where they run two weeks in a row these episodes that are just, like, backgrounds on these people's lives. And, like, I don't care. 
Like, you've already given me a lot of information up to this point about who these people are. Get they're on with filler. the eliminations. I want to see some people go they're home. filler because they're not gathering those people together anymore. That tells you how they're filmed. Like, they're, people aren't editing anymore. The work has been reduced, so they're doing cheap edits. These are effectively Oh, no, like I think they made these episodes. months ago. I think they made these months ago. They're just trying to stretch it out. <laughs> so that's the frustrating part is like, no, I think American Idol was filmed like... Uh, I think it was filmed a while ago, and uh, and uh, and then and then once it gets to the top twenty, then you start doing like the live shows. So it's just it's so weird that this is just the oh, way it's gone. But they're so, they're filmed a while ago, but they don't have editors to edit them because they're not in their editing offices. So they're at home on their shitty little computer. Yeah, I, I think in, in in California they are though. Like I, I don't I don't think it's not like Canada. Like Canada's kind of gone to one extreme, uh, and most of the states, as you can tell by you know the amount of cases coming out of the states, really haven't implemented a thorough lockdown i think michigan which we live right across the river from uh, has one of the more thorough lockdowns in place and it's resulted in like a lot of uh, protests and such so anyway i don't know what's going on but hopefully soon things start getting back to normal because my trashy reality television has seriously been affected and that <laughs> bugs me <laughs> so have i need some distraction the new ones on netflix it's- like too hot to handle i figure it would be right up your alley dude Dude, we watched that in like oh. we watched that trash in like two days, man. There were only like thirty <laughs> minute episodes. There was ten of them. We knocked that out in like literally like less okay. than two days. No, they got it. They got it. They got to give me more than that, man. They got to give me more. Uh, but that was a good show, though. Did you guys hear about that one? That's the show where like they got these like uh, sexy singles on there, and like they're all like model looking people, and the guys are all jacked, and the girls are all like plastic, and they're like, hey you can't have sex with each other or you're going to lose money. And then they're like, oh, but then they all end up having sex with each other anyway. So it's, uh, anyway, the That's show. is called softcore porn. It was. <laughs> as it far was... as I can tell, that show is softcore porn. It wasn't even, it wasn't even that good, dude. Don't give it, don't give it that much credit. Come on. And, uh, and, uh, but no, it was, it was a fun ride, if not brief. And, uh, and it's just the next in a, in a long, weird line. <laughs> oh, Sorry. You, you can take the bait. You can take the bait on that one. <laughs> oh god can i get it that's what she said <laughs> yeah <laughs> the title of the first sex tape <laughs> oh, uh but but netflix has this whole run of like really trashy dating shows going and uh, they need to keep it going they need to keep that going indefinitely because it's working out do for they know might as well what's that so do they really need to keep it going though i mean yeah, trashy reality tv is just a train wreck yeah. There's less than you might think in terms of train wrecks. So I, I'm looking for more. I'm looking for, you know, as trashy as we can get. There was one that was on before this uh, that I caught the second half of when, when, when Amanda was watching it. It was um, uh, they couldn't see each other, but they had, had to, like, talk to each other for a while in, like, separate rooms. And they, they sort of fell in love with people they talked to but hadn't seen. And then they get together, oh, uh, like, halfway through yeah. the season. Love is blind, yeah. And then... And then and then they're all awful people to each other. They're awful. They are the worst people imaginable. <laughs> like just treating each other like utter trash. Sure. And uh, you'd be and, uh, really happy if you're like, hey, you know, I, I think this is a good rapport. I think we should totally have sex. And then he's like, oh my god, it's Pepe Le Pig. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were all they were all like moderate to 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 good looking. You know what I mean? Like they're all like. You know, there, there were some regular folks in there, but then like a lot of good-looking folks or whatever. But they they must do some kind of like personality index on these people to find out if they're actually sociopaths before putting them on these shows. <laughs> so it's uh it's really interesting to watch this stuff play out. Anyway, yeah, that's that's been oh my boy. week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we just learned you're the trashy uh, the trashy one of us. 
Oh, dude, I've done. I did last year. Last year, I was doing trashy uh, reality show reviews. Remember? Like, I was all about it, man. Remember Sex Island? Oh yeah. Oh god. Oh, dude. Still don't know what that show is called, but it's basically Sex Island. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Actually, there's like four or five shows. They all might be called Sex Island. I'm not sure. So they all kind of blend together. So. Island. Oh my god. Anyway, yeah, that's it for me. Uh, did you guys have anything else to toss in? Not for me. Nope. Oh god, no. I got All here. right. That's it for episode 86 of Ronan Geek Official Podcast. Uh, so thank you, thank you, thank you for joining, Amanda. It was awesome having you on again. Thank you for yeah, bringing for this, me. this amazing black market Animal Crossing topic to us. I'll be looking for updates on that, but I also need to jump back into the game here soon, so I'll make sure to uh, send you a friend code. And uh, and yeah, man, it was just it was a it was a good run. So anyway, this is Alex Austin signing off. This is uh, Plebeian Wife Amanda. And Rob, thank you for listening. And just Rob. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.